Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of 9 to 5 Faith. I am so excited to be introducing one of my friends, Justin Tillman. Justin, how the heck are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Um, So tell our audience a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What's up? What keeps you busy in the 9 to 5 space and, and beyond? Yeah, so I'm busy. I'm real busy. I uh, so my my daytime job is uh, I work in higher education. So I'm a dean at a college and oversee a pretty large program. Um, it's a we have students from all over the country, so we stay busy. Um, one of the largest programs in our state and one of the largest in the country for what we do. So we stay real busy. I uh, got two young boys, uh, beautiful wife. They keep me busy. A three year old and a four month old. Um, so I got one that's run all over the house and one that's a potted plant. So um, that's that's <laughs> given me plenty to do. I'm I'm fully in the superhero world right now, and um, I also I'm very involved with our church. I'm an elder at our church, Grace Fellowship, and um, so stay busy with that. We lead a small group Bible study, my wife and I, and um, and then I also do life and leadership coaching. So I, I've got lots of pots and lots of different fires. I love that. I love that. And I also like asking that question because I know everyone doesn't do just one thing, or at least the people I'm talking to. Y'all are, you know, people of many talents and many different skills. Um, so talk to us a little bit about like what a day in the life of Justin looks like and and how you learn to kind of balance just all all of the things, especially having kids and what that looks like and, and leading a small group and being in church and doing all the business things and all the work things. Yeah. So typical day. Um, I like for it to start at five o'clock. That's not happened here lately. My life, my wife has been laughing at me, waking me up. She's like, you know, it's not five. I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I, cause I like to do the, the business stuff in the morning for me, my coaching mm. business, as far as the, the essentials in the morning, because that way it doesn't need into family time when I get off work. Occasionally it has to. It's just the way things are. Um, but then it's uh, my wife and I split the duties of getting the kids off where they need to go. Um, my wife's a, an elementary school teacher. So we kind of have to one kid goes one way to preschool and one one goes to a, 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 our neighbors down the road who help us watch him. Um, so managing that and then and then in the, the office, managing the higher ed stuff and um, I. It, I usually take my lunch breaks and, and I'll, maybe I'll coach a client on my lunch break. Um, try not let that, obviously don't want that interfere with a full-time job. And then I uh, do, I do some coaching at night. I try to keep that really limited um, just cause that's, I try to, like I said, balance, keep that for the kiddos and, and the wife. And and then at night it's, it's either small group Bible study. Occasionally there's an elders meeting at church. Uh, I, I work with a, a Christian school here. I'm on their board. So occasionally we have a board meeting. But really try to keep those nights for playing superheroes, playing Hulk and, and Captain America and um, and and just loving on my family because uh, I don't want them to get the leftovers. And so really right. try to prioritize that that, that nighttime is, is for them. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And and how has that routine kind of transitioned over the years, if it has at all, of like, you know, kind of refining the different kind of rhythm and routine that you have? Yeah, that's great. And so it has changed and it's, it's, I, I think it's in flux. It's, it's different now with two kids than it was with one kid uh, than it was with no kids. And um, so like with no kids, my wife and I, you know, we could still 
I could do a lot more in the evenings um, because we had space to, you know, we could just be in the living room together and, and be, be working on things. And, um, and I was also doing doctoral work at that time. So that gave lots of space to do all that stuff. One kid came along, obviously changed that uh, as he got older, more self-sufficient, um, could do a little bit more at night. Didn't, you know, we, we, my wife and I could still connect because he was going to bed and, um, now with two kids, that's totally different, <laughs> which is why I was like, well, I got to put some more time on the front end of the day, right. um, because having two kids at night, having to get one in the bath and feed one a bottle. And it's just, it got to the point where, you know, if we're going to get quality time as a family, there has to be very little done outside of family in the evenings. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been kind of, the biggest thing is communicating. She and I communicating of, Hey, what do you need? Um, this, these are the things I need to do. How can we make that work? How can we work together? So that we're both getting what we need. The, the kids are getting what they need. Um, mm-hmm. And everybody, as much as we can, is getting what they need to flourish. And, and, and the boys are getting what they need from mom and dad. So it's a, it's a dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, constant, and that's why I like, I like balance, that, that idea of balance. Because people think balance is like this, but it's really all right. Step in here, right. step in there, <laughs> step in here. So. Yeah, a little bit of each way. And I, I mean, I mm-hmm. am a huge proponent of like waking up early. I'm like ultra productive when I wake up early. But my issue is, is I'll wake up early, get what I need to get done, and then I'll fall back asleep until I have to start work. And I'm like, that kind of absolutely. <laughs> I'll like I, get I'm up doing at, that all the time. <laughs> I'll get up at four, and then I'll like be like, yeah, like going to the gym in the morning, go off, and then I get home, and I'm like a zombie, and I am like completely unhelpful until like nine o'clock rolls around. Yeah. Well, I'll get up at five and I'll crank out, you know, a podcast episode for the coaching business or something like that. And then the next thing I know, my little boy's rapping on my office door. Dad, are you awake? I'm like, man, I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's real life though. So working in higher education, what does kind of like the integration of your faith look like in kind of how you carry yourself, how you do your job? And then also like, what struggles do you encounter? Because I also worked in higher education, but I also worked at a Christian college. So that is a little bit different than, you know, and also your wife is in education as well. So I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, we see a lot of the conversation where just faith is being removed from um, the workplace, but also from education and those spheres we've seen kind of a slow transition. And then now it feels like warp speed. So um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I, I have always been one that um, my, my faith is part of who I am. I, I try really hard not to have a, sec- a secular sacred divide in my life. Um, and, and I've always been upfront with that, the people I work with, with the students I teach. And I mean, I've, I've had staff members, faculty members come in my office because and, and straight up say, I know you're somebody who prays. I'm going through this. Would you would you pray with me? And I'm always going to say, if you ask for it, absolutely. Mm. Um, I, I, you, you do have to be careful from, I mean, working for a state college and my wife working right. in state education. You do have to be a little careful of initiating that. But I have found that um, people are more receptive to that than the news would make you think. Right. Um, and, and especially when they've worked with you and they know the kind of person that you are. And if you leave with it, if you, if you work with integrity, mm-hmm. so if, if you are, if you say I'm a believer and you make that known and, and it's how you also work that way and they can see that in the way that you operate, right. um, they know that it's coming from a place of genuine care. It's not coming from a place of, I'm trying to put something in your face. 
because um, I've had I've had colleagues that we we very much disagree on yeah. a lot of things, um, but they know where I'm coming from. And so when I do share something with them, they know it's coming out of a place of, hey, this is who Justin genuinely is and he genuinely cares. And that's why said and, and the door is open for them the other way. Like it's not just I'm Justin, I'm a Christian here, take my faith and, and do something with it. It's also, right. hey. I want to have a genuine conversation with you. If you disagree, it makes me stronger knowing why you disagree. Right. And, and creating that space for those conversations, my wife and I will both have both talked about it. And again, the, the national narrative is what it is, but I have found boots on the ground. It's different. Mm. Um, there's still those landmines you have to dance around. I mean, it's just, right. they're there, but it's not quite like, and, and, and I'm not saying that's not, that's an overgeneralization for yeah. a lot of people, but for where I am and where she is in terms of the jobs that we have, it's not that way. Yeah. Um, we do have to be careful. We do have to do a little bit of a dance with some things. And there are some things I can't initiate, uh, but students certainly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do what I can to make it known to students and colleagues. If you want to initiate those things outside of me having a big fat banner <laughs> that says, here I am, right. you know, you can initiate we'll pray. And, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, especially over the past few years, um, my husband, he's been like, he was like a news junkie, meaning like he was always consuming the news and, and it just Mm -hmm. got to the point we actually like gave it up one year for Lent and then we realized how much happier we are. And I'm like, you know, if you just like keep your head down in your community and like only, involve yourself in stuff you're involved in involve yourself in your community and the people mm-hmm. around you your neighbors and your family you'll realize the world is a much nicer place than than yeah what you're being told it is I, I completely agree and 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 my wife and I have talked about that in that I feel like with with social media and the 24-hour news cycle mm-hmm. it's almost like we're being forced to be omniscient when God never created us to be omniscient mm-hmm. and and we're not it's on one hand, we think it's great to be able to know everything going on when it's happening, but look at the anxiety that's caused in people. And, yeah. and I, you're a hundred percent right that I have learned in those moments where I focused on where I am, where God placed me in the community and the people he's placed me with things calm down a lot, bit, a lot more yeah. because those people know you. Right. And, and so they know where you're coming from yeah. um, for the most part. I mean, again, it doesn't fix every problem, right. but it, it, like you said, the world's when you take that more, circular view of where you are the world looks different than when if you just stay on the news and social media yeah yeah I actually had this conversation with my mother-in-law just last night um because she's getting older she's having a harder time kind of like navigating just like her brain and you know all those things that that come with aging and she's like I think I just need to give up the news I was like you definitely should like turn off the news um because she's retired and home all the time she watches the news all the time and she's like, yeah, how do you find out what's happening in the world? And I go, if it's affecting the people around me, I'm going to find out about it. If it's mm-hmm. not affecting the people around me or myself or like my family um, or my neighbors and my community, then it's it's not really my concern. It's not, you know, not my you know b- battle to fight in that regard. So, yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are people that God has called and equipped to to pay attention to that. Right. And, and they've been called and equipped and gifted to do that. Not everybody has. And so I think the people that have that gifting and have that calling can handle it. Yeah. Not all of us can. And so we, sh- we shouldn't be trying to step into something we've not necessarily been called or gifted to do. 
Yeah. And you mentioned a few times of just having kind of this integrity and then also having the same of like being known. And I think too, Mm. like as Christians, generally speaking, like we're really afraid to be known because it shows our weaknesses. It shows our flaws. It shows our mistake, but also when we're known and we are able to act out of integrity, I, I feel like that's where grace shows up. Mm. And I think that, um, that's really cool to be hearing that, you know, you get to do your job with integrity, but also just like being who you are and just like stepping into that, um, is the gateway for people to come to you when they need help and support or prayer or whatever it is in that regard. Oh, absolutely. And my wife, she preaches vulnerability and transparency and authenticity all the time. And, and, and she's so right. And I found that true here in my life that Christians already have this stigma of having everything together. And so people outside feel like, well, I can't step into that church or I can't do this or I, you know, until I've got my junk together. And I think when we are, when we are open about the things that we're wrestling with and the struggles that we have, and they see, I mean, even my, my colleagues, they see Justin, unfortunately overreacts sometimes and (laughs) Justin can get angry, Right. but Justin's quick to, to note that and to go back and ask forgiveness. Right. And so Justin's a real person who, who, who gets mad and, and gets frustrated and can say things he regrets a lot, but he's also quick to ask forgiveness from people and quick to yeah. admit that and own up to it. And, and so it builds, it builds goodwill with people and they see, you know, he's a believer, but he's a real person. Yeah. And, and, and so then, you know, I'm not perfect. So they can see, Hey, I, I'm not perfect. So and Justin's yeah. not perfect. So, but he's following Jesus. So there must be something to this Jesus thing where I don't have mm-hmm. to be perfect. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think too, just like, I always think of it in the back of my mind, cause I'm, I'm a marketing person. And so in the back of my mind, I'm just like, gosh, Christians need a PR campaign. Like <laughs> Christians just need a little bit of PR help to like actually get like the majority of people like what we actually do and what how we actually act because again you know if you look big and you look at kind of the more fringe the outside of people who say that they believe in Jesus or that they follow Christ you're gonna be like oh I want nothing to do with them Mm -hmm. but if you just like look within your community you're gonna be like oh my neighbor goes to church and she's a good person to be working with or um I can go to them if I need anything or or what have you oh yeah because you've got unfortunately the people that get the most attention are either the people who are holding up this holier than thou attitude or the people who say they follow Jesus but their life looks nothing no different whatsoever from the rest of the world and so when they look there they're like I you're not any different from me. So why do I need what you have? Right. Or they look at the holier than them and go, well, well, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see that grace you preach. And, yeah. and I think for those of us that try to live in the middle or are living in the middle, right. we don't get as much airtime. <laughs> yes. But, and that, hence why I say PR campaign. Anyone. I, yep. I feel like this is a complete side note, but I feel like things like the chosen, <laughs> I know like some people are like super like touchy about whatever. I'm not going into that, but I feel like there's things like that, that are helping progress kind of this, this attitude of approachability 
in, in mm-hmm. terms of um not conforming to culture but meeting culture and and showing yeah. up in the way in the places that culture is at well i mean jesus was human human he was it was he right. took on humanity and and i think so many times we try to we focus on his divinity which is great but right. we forget he was a human being and and yeah. and and you don't people especially children aren't drawn to humans who are stiff and stuck up and hoity-toity right, right. And so we don't know exactly what he was like but we get some clues because if the kids were running to him, they don't run. I know my two kids, they don't run to people who are scary and hard and, um, right. and mean. So. Right. Yeah. And I think that's been like a really cool thing to see kind of just the, the intersection of those two things kind of happening. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about like your church involvement and what that looks like within your community. And you said you like, you're on the elder board and, you know, mm-hmm. small group or home group or Bible. So whatever you want to call it, you know, you're, you're doing that. So how, how do you kind of navigate that in terms of like, I'll give my personal experience. I'm just exhausted from the week. <laughs> like I'll just get to like home group time. And I'm like, okay, I'm like so tired. Like I could like, let alone hosting it. Honestly, that's like one of the reasons mm. why I'm not like a Bible study host. <laughs> at my churches. Cause I'm like, I do not trust my energy levels. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you're right. And we, <laughs> so thankfully the elder meetings are once a month and, and um, our senior pastor, who's one of the elders on the board is excellent at running a good meeting. <laughs> and so I never, I never feel like um, this was a waste of time. I like anything accomplished. Like it is, he is a, he, he's a gifted administrator. Mm. And so that's helpful. Um, and with the, with the small group stuff, my wife and I talk about it. So one of our core values at our church is, is house church or small group Bible mm-hmm. studies. And, um, and we lead for all of our new members. She and I lead that portion of the new members class. Okay. And we tell them most weeks, if I'm being honest, we get to Wednesday night and, we don't want to go. It's yeah. like we can think of a thousand other things to do, um, but it's a discipline. And mm-hmm. and we have found what's helpful is we we have never left a Wednesday night house church and gone. That was a waste of time. We shouldn't have gone. Right. It is really a refreshing thing. And and so I think in those moments where we feel overwhelmed. It's one of those things where we know, hey, this is a commitment. This is a discipline and we know it's for our good. Mm-hmm. And so it, it feels like it's going to be a drain, but God has put this in our life and he's put our church community in our life to be a refreshment. Yeah. And, and, and really kind of like family, family gets the first, should get the first fruits of what you got. Right. Um, in, in my mind, that's the priority list of, of my family, my church family. Mm-hmm. Because I'm I'm knitted closer to them than, than anybody, and then the rest of everything else, and so yeah. trying to keep keep that priority list and that balance is helpful. Um, it's not perfect. That's always a work in progress. And there's like I said, there are some Wednesday nights where I'm like, I just don't know if I got the bandwidth for it, but I go, and right. I never regret it. Yeah. So I think um, that's that's the thing is is for me at least is knowing it's important, and it's I mean I'm not I'm not pat myself on the back, but it's a maturity thing. It's, it's making right. decisions that you know are for your good, even when you don't want to do them necessarily. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, I mean, I just think of like two examples came into my mind of like, okay, like going to the gym, right. 
but then I'm like, okay, some days I'm like regretting going to the gym. Like, so that's probably not the best, the best example, but like on the other side, like just going to like more so like weekend church for me is, is where I require that discipline. And I do just tell myself the same thing of like, you never go and have a bad time. Not that I'm like looking Mm -hmm. for like a good time, but like, I, you you know, you always (laughs) walk away and you're like, oh wow. Like that was like actually good and actually helpful. And like, I think too, like, even if you don't get anything out of it, I know that's like a weird way to say like going to church, but even if like you still walk away in like a rotten mood, like it's still exercising that muscle of discipline, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. 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 And I think too, like it goes hand in hand with like the authenticity piece. Cause I'm like, when, when my small group was meeting, I'm like, if I feel like wearing pajamas, like I'm going to wear pajamas because me wearing pajamas and being with this group of people is better than me being in pajamas at home by myself. Like that, cause that is what the Lord has called me to do. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree. And it, um, I like the idea of the muscle. Like it's, it's one guy in our small group when Wednesday night, he made a great point. He said, um, you know, sometimes you just have to let the emotions take a back seat mm-hmm. and, and do what you know is, is, is needed. Um, and what you're doing, like you just said, you're working that muscle. So you're storing up, storing up treasure, if you want to call it, but you're storing right. up, um, it, it's, it's paying to your account. And so it's some days you feel it, some days you don't, but you know, you need to do it. And so, yeah. the, like you said, it's just, it, and in that way, it is like a gym, like no pain, no gain. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I think too, there's, there's this element. I I went, I can't remember what it was, but there was, I, I went to church and there was a sermon or something and I was like listening to it. Oh yeah. 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 We, there was like this like big, like worship thing. It wasn't associated with a church or anything, but it was like really just to, to draw in kind of new believers. And like, you know, that was the message, not that it was, antithetical or heretical in any ways but I was sitting there and I was like you know like I'm not like really getting anything out of this like it's not like but then I was sitting there and I was ta- like debriefing this with my husband afterwards and I was like you know what that message wasn't for me tonight like mm-hmm. not that it wasn't like my taste or anything it just like what that pastor was speaking on stage those words weren't meant to be spoken to me. They were meant to be spoken to mm-hmm. someone else in the, in the crowd. Yeah. So, you know, just having that mindset of like, they were preaching Jesus and I felt it. And I'm like, yes, like, yes, I agree. I agree. But I already got Jesus. Like we good. Um, and, and yeah, I'm like, this is, this is, these words are meant for someone here and it's not me, but I'm still here participating as the body of Christ. And that is what we were called to do. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And and sometimes it's hard. And I think that's where the authenticity comes in. Of, you have to show up in your pajamas, show up in your pajamas. You're right. It's it's a you're you're real people and, and Jesus calls real people and you're not doing anybody any favors by putting putting on a facade. So Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like being that person to your community allows other people in your community to be that person to you 
That's mm-hmm. like one thing I'm really big at at like my house and stuff where I'm like, if I if I were to walk into your house, I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to, to take off my shoes and maybe curl up on the couch and like like that's just me. I don't want to be I remember I remember growing up and there'd be like these houses that were like museums and they were so unapproachable and like you didn't want to touch anything because like it was white couch and you didn't want to get fingerprints. And I'm like, I don't want that to be my house. And so like when people come over to my house, I'm like, help yourself to whatever you want. Cabinets, there's the water, there's the food, there's the drinks. Go get whatever you need. Help yourself. Don't even ask. Just go and get it. Because if I'm invited into a home, that's kind of how I would want to be treated. And having that Mm -hmm. vulnerability and an ability of like, if I have to wear pajamas one day to small group, because that's just where I, you're giving permission to other people to be their authentic selves is what I'm trying to say. In a yeah, very that's right. Way. And, <laughs> no, you're right. And, and I think, I mean, authenticity breeds authenticity. And so when one person does it, it does give other people the space to breathe and go, okay, I can be me. And right. that's where, that's where real connection and real change happens when people start doing that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's true. Because I think too, like, if we have just this facade kind of going into everything, then yeah, it's authenticity breeds on a hundred percent. Because if people are, people have like a really good BS radar, and if you're not being real with them, like they can tell that you're just like putting on face. And I think that mm-hmm. you know when we're able to see past the masks, we're able to really come together and like actually grow and actually, you know, foster growth. And um, there's another word that I'm trying to think of that just like kind of escaped from my brain, but um, yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to like what, what we were talking about earlier of, of the, you know, lo- your local community looking different than what the news tells you. Because you're looking at the mask that everybody's supposed to be wearing, mm, regardless of what, yeah. what political side you're on, this is the mask you're supposed to wear. When you get in the community with people, regardless of where they are on a political spectrum, a, mm-hmm. a social spectrum, whatever, yeah. you start talking to people, you realize we're a lot more human <laughs> than than yeah. they're trying to make us think we are. And so we can actually have a conversation um, and we can we can be from totally opposite sides of whatever the issue is. And realize we can still talk to each other. Right. Right. And I think too, it's like, um, this is off topic a little bit, but like looking at intentions, like that's one thing that mm-hmm. I really try to look at when, when I'm talking to someone and even in, in my relationship with my husband, I'm, I think like if he does something to upset me, I say, okay, is he purposefully doing that to upset me? Probably not. Like, Probably not. So can I be mad at him for upsetting me? No, but then there's like the communication and their growth opportunity and everything like that. And I think too, Mm -hmm. like when we look at just whatever issues you want to pull, I'm like, okay, like we all kind of want to get to the same end result, but how we get there is very different. We're, we're arguing about the path there. We're not arguing about the journey because if we're arguing about or sorry, yeah, not we're not arguing about the destination because ultimately we all want to love on each other. We all want to be supportive. Um, from a Christian perspective, we all want people to be following Christ and, um, you know, be able to spend eternity with Him. But 
the path there is is where the disagreements kind of come in and i think that's what everyone mm-hmm. just attacks the path yeah that's a good way of putting it. i hadn't thought about it that way yeah and 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 when you look at things through that lens it just like softens your heart a little bit in my opinion well, it reminds me of the the verse that, you know, where Paul says your, our battle is not against flesh and blood. Mm. Um, and, and so the, the person sitting in front of you is not your enemy. Right. Um, and so when you remember that, like you just said, it softens your heart a little bit and you realize this is another person. Yeah. And they've got hopes, dreams, feelings. Right. Um, and so being mindful of that is helpful. Yeah. So let's talk about like that and like the students that you work with and like, do you have any like examples um, of just really seeing God's hand and his provisioning over what you do every day? Yeah. Um, so I, I teach mainly, I teach online mostly. Um, mm. And so what I have found, I've had students that I knew from the community. I've also had students who were not from my community. Um, I've had students that were believers and were openly sharing that. I have students who were not and have openly shared that. And um, for me in the classroom, like really trying to model for them what what I do with my colleagues, like, hey, we can, because to me, that's one of the things that we've lost the ability to do is to interact with who we don't agree with. And mm-hmm. um so modeling that for them, showing that what that showing them what that looks like to respectfully disagree and to share your thoughts um, opens up a lot of doors. And I just think God has been God has been gracious in my classrooms um, to, for whatever reason, make them spaces where folks have felt safe mm. um, to share things that that have been tough. Yeah. Um, I've gotten emails from students saying, "Hey, I know I was out last week. This is why." And I'm like, "Man, really, thank you for." trusting me enough to share that with me and not just saying I'm going to be out. Um, and so, and, and, and trying really to see that as again, talking about the secular sacred divide, this, this calling to teach. I mean, I, I don't, I do teach. Um, I teach at a couple of different places outside of my full-time job. I've got some adjunct jobs, but um, so I, I teach at a Bible college where I do get to teach theology and the students are, are typically right there with me. Right. But my, my, my daily job teaching is not at a Bible college and it's not in a, in a theological background or anything like that. Um, and, and so seeing both of those as a calling from the Lord and, and a trust from the Lord in that these students he's given to me, while yes, they're mostly adults, they, they're his, his, they're his creation. They're in his right. image. And so I might get to be, I hate to use this cliche, but I might get to be the only Christian that they interact with and or yeah. the only Bible they read is what a lot of people say. And so yeah. really trying to be mindful of that mm-hmm. and, and you know, how can I exhibit a Christ-like heart here um, and, and come across in a way that's firm in the sense that I, we've got rules we have to follow. We have, um, right. we have a syllabus we have to follow, but where in that can I show grace, even if it doesn't look like Christian grace, but where can I show some grace and say, Hey, look, life happens. I know the syllabus says this, but I'm going to exercise some grace here. And it's not related to being a Jesus follower or anything right? um, other than it comes from that, that heart of grace. But that, even that has opened up doors. Like, man, nobody's ever done that for me before. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. 
And that opens up an opportunity to share, well, this is why I do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think too, when, when, when you're talking with, with students, especially like generalizing, I know there's like a lot of adult learners, but just they're in this like super formative part of their life, like entering into college. And I think too, like, yes, you might be the only person who shows them Jesus, but also you may be planting seeds that you don't even Mm -hmm. know that you're planting. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that's like, I don't know, an encouragement I want to give to anyone who's listening of like, if you feel like you're not seeking or like reaping the harvest, like you may be planting something that is years, you know, in the making. Um, and, and that is your opportunity to kind of speak Jesus in, in that place. Um, even though it might not, I guess, like convert in a really quick way. I know that's like such, I'm not saying like convert in like a Christian sense. I'm saying like convert in a marketing sense. Cause that's how we talk, but also it kind of works. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's, you don't know, to use your journey metaphor from earlier, you don't know where that person is on their journey and what part you're playing. And um, I think so many times you just think about evangelism, especially in the workplace, because I've wrestled with this. If I'm not blatantly sharing Jesus in every conversation, I'm not doing what I'm called to do. And that's not true. Um, you know, scripture plainly says, you know, some, some plant the seed, some water, some get to harvest, but God's ultimately doing the growth and, and you don't know what role you're playing in that. Right. Um, and he, he might not be calling you to do the steal the deal thing at the end. Yeah. He might be calling you to plant, plant the first seed of why did he act differently? Nobody's yeah. ever treated me like that. Right. And you didn't even say Jesus's name. You just treated them differently. Right. Um, so you're right. You don't know where you are in that process. So don't, I've tried to remind myself and I would encourage you to listen, you know, don't beat yourself up if, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not witnessing more at work. Don't, don't just have such a narrow definition of what witnessing is. Right. Um, Expand, expand that definition to, you might be witnessing, but you don't even know you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, there's, there's this piece where someone said this to me and, and it really humbled me in the moment of like, you might be on this earth for that one person. Like Mm, that might be your only, only job is one person. And you don't know who that person is and you're just moving through your life. And maybe it was just a seed dropped with this one person. And like, maybe that's all God wants to use you for. And you're like, Oh, like hopefully, you know, there's more going on. And like, do I believe it's just like one thing and it's not a one and done thing? No. But also like, I think it gets us to pursue excellence in everything that we're doing and really mm-hmm. knowing that like God doesn't need us. He chooses us. Mm. That's yeah, that's good. And you're right. It's, I think we get so bent up, even even ourselves in performance. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Am I doing enough for Jesus? Am I doing enough? Um, am I measuring up? And, and and the good works He's prepared in advance for you to do, He's I mean, Scripture plan says He's going to lead you into them. And so, yeah. just follow Him and be authentic and be the person He's created you to be, and let Him deal with the work. Yeah. Um, Plant, plant the seed, water where you can. If you get to reap the harvest, great. Um, but we've all got a different part to play. And yeah. 
and you're right. Don't, um, yeah, don't, don't get so bent out of shape. If you're not doing what you think you should be doing, like you said, you don't know what part you might be playing. Right. I remember it might be that, it might be that moment where you think I, I didn't do anything right in that situation. And right. that might be the very situation where you did exactly what you were supposed right. to do. I remember when I was in college, I was applying for like a summer job at this like Christian camp. And I was like going through the application and there was like one question that like really rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm just like realizing how like, like, I don't know their intentions of, again, intentions. I don't know their intentions of putting that question on the application, but it was like, please detail the last time that you led someone to Christ. Like, Mm. like very specifically, like, and I was like, you know what? Like for me, that was like, it, like younger page was like off putting. I'm like, I've never done that before. Cause I had it, but it doesn't mean I wasn't ministering to people throughout mm-hmm. my life. I might've just not been there for that turning point, you know, or, yeah. or what, ha- or I didn't know that they had a turning point or what have you. And so, um, yeah, that, that was like really weird where I'm like, Hmm, like, I don't, I don't know how I yeah. feel about that, but also like, well, it goes back to the, yeah, it goes back to that gifting thing. Like, that, yeah, I, you don't know. Like, that might not be the Lord might not be putting you at that point in my journey because you're just not gifted in it. I don't. I don't. Right. Know. I mean, I'm not, yeah. saying, I'm not saying you. You as, as no, page, no, but no, just no. In, I got a general you. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you might be an excellent planter. You yeah. might be an excellent waterer. You might be an excellent harvester. Who knows? But um, just trust that the Lord's going. To, the Lord uses yeah. all of us, and yeah. He's going to use you exactly where you. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those questions before, and it racks my brain. I'm like, man, I don't know how to. I know how I I can fake an answer, right? But, uh, you know, I, I know how to do that. But I mean, goodness, you know, if, if that's what you're defining as leading someone to Christ, then man, I, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I I know I am not a good waterer because, in a very physical sense, I'm growing a garden right now, and everything is on a timer. Because <laughs> if it's not on a timer, it's not going to happen, and those seeds are going to die. <laughs> That's why I'm thankful for the reminder reminder app in my phone. Oh, yes, yes. I have, okay, this is very much off topic, but I have a, like, smart watering system. Like, it's it's this little Uh box, and it connects up to your hose, and there's an app for it, and it's solar-powered, so, like, you don't have to charge it up or anything. So there's an app that connects to your location and like, so if there's a freeze warning, yes, we get freeze warnings Mm -hmm. in Arizona still, it still gets that cold freeze warning. If it's going to rain, if there's going to be multiple days of rain, so you can set your watering schedule, but if it's like raining in the forecast, it will skip the day for you. Oh my goodness. I need to get hold of that. I need that for my garden and for my chickens. Oh my gosh. It is magical. Like it'll, (laughs) It'll skip it for you. You can set the timer. So right now it's summer. So it's like every morning at 6 a.m. It goes and waters my garden for five minutes. But if I ever need to change that, all I have to do is do a little app on my phone. It is my absolute favorite thing in the world. Anyways. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. And that is why I'm not a waterer. (laughs) I might be a planter. (laughs) There you go. You're going to plant seeds. Yes. I, I, I should be pretty good at that. So, um, in talking about authenticity and vulnerability, um, I like this question cause I feel like it kind of opens the doors for us to like, just be real for a second and like really talk about 
you know, where we struggle in terms of like what our faith disciplines look like, you know, whether it Mm -hmm. is attending church, participating in a community, serving discipleship, whatever it is. So like, which one of those is most difficult for you to apply to your life? And and why do you think that like it uniquely applies to people who work nine to fives? I, for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's a disciplined quiet time. Like that's, and I hear a lot of people say that, but it is true. And I think it's because, I mean, time is such a, it's so hard to balance it and manage it. And, um, and I think too, when we go into our quiet time, feeling like every time I go into it, I've got to come away with this massive feeling of just the spiritual feeling. And so when we don't get that feeling when we beat ourselves up and it's much easier next time we go, well, I'm not getting anything out of this. So I'm just not going to do it. And, and so that's been the biggest thing for me of having to reframe my mindset, kind of like the house church thing of right. sometimes God's going to meet me in this spot in a way that I'm going to feel it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just the act of me being present with him, whether right. I feel something out of it or not. And, and so that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the hardest thing for me, honestly, is, is yeah. that, that, that quiet time and then translating that into devotions with my family. Mm. Um, and I know that's important, but it's a struggle. Like it's a struggle to find time to do that. Yeah. When I come home, I'm playing with the boys. I'm talking to my wife, just being flat honest. The last thing I think about sometimes is sitting down and, and help, having devotions as a family. I know I need to, right. but it's, it's, it's a struggle to do those yeah. two things for me um, because I feel like I've got so much time. And I get some busy and it's so easy to put other things in the place of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's one of those things that, you know, going into it, it feels like a drag, but, you know, walking away, you're just like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it wasn't that bad for me, especially with quiet time. Um, it's most difficult also because we have a lot of inputs if you think in our lives, mm-hmm. we're constantly, it's, you know, there's some crazy number, like we see like. 8,000 advertisements a day or something like that. Um, We are constantly being bombarded with information and things that want our attention, right? Like Netflix, my computer, like there's an ad on my computer right here, my work laptop. It's staring me back in the face right now. Um, Or like if I were to open up my phone or like, you know, here, here's a good ad, my favorite seltzer from Trader Joe's. Like, you know what I mean? Like everything is just vying for my attention. And it reminds me, and this is a little shiny object syndrome for you, reminds me that I need to go pick up more of these delicious seltzers from Trader Joe's. But everything is vying for our attention. And and what we're called to do when, when we step into time with God is to shut everything down and just like focus mm-hmm. on him and him alone. And I think that's why it's like really, really hard, um, especially like in our culture with our smartphones and all that stuff. Yeah. And and I I try to, I've implemented a little bit of a practice in my life and, and with my coaching clients, I try to do the same thing with them. Of, I know it's convenient to have the Bible on your phone and to have a journaling mm. app on your phone, but don't let that be where you do your yes. quiet time because it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Like you just said for that notification pop up. And I'm like, if you have to do it, put your phone on, on airplane mode. That's what I try yeah. to do. Cause that way, at least nothing's hopefully coming in. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, cause you're right. Cause it's, it, there are the culture around us does not promote intentionality. It doesn't promote mm-hmm. authenticity um, and it doesn't promote quiet. 
Yeah. Yeah. One, one trick that I like to do, cause I'm the same way where I, I love having kind of like my physical books one, because it doesn't allow me to go through web browsers or anything. But another trick that I like to tell people to do is like, if you find yourself like mindlessly scrolling or like just going and logging into an app, rearrange your apps and then you oh, won't mindlessly good. go. You might let you, you gotta find the thing. Because you have to go find it. And then you're like, wait, why am I trying to find Facebook? Why am I trying to find my email? And you're like, oh wait, I'm I'm not trying to do that right now. So just rearrange your apps and you're you're set. Well, if anybody out there is listening, it'd be awesome if they created an app where you could press that and it would automatically rearrange oh, your app for you. It's like app shuffle and it'll just like yeah, yeah, something like that where you know, because because that's a great idea. That is a really around, good idea. Like, you got to take time to do it, or or set like a, a feature in your phone where every every five days yeah. it automatically rearranges your apps. Oh my so that gosh! You have to find it again. Oh, that's such a good idea. Now I'm like wanting to go- Google that and like see if there exists, and if it doesn't, you know, any software and you know, listening, go out there and build it. Credit yeah. the wonderful Justin. <laughs> Uh, great idea. So to kind of wrap us up here and our time together, this conversation has been so amazing, but I always like to leave our audience with one thing that they can walk away with one discipline or faith practice that they can implement into their lives this week to help them grow their relationship with Christ. What would it be? Yeah. Um, I would say it kind of goes back to what we we're just talking about with authenticity. And mm. I would encourage you, you know, I love that discussion we had about planting seeds and watering. And, and I, I think a lot of folks who are in nine to fives, especially if it's not an overtly Christian environment, I think we struggle with, am I witnessing enough? Am I being a good example for Jesus? Um, if I'm not late, if I haven't whipped out a gospel track with somebody, have I done what I'm supposed to do? And, and I would just encourage you, learn to be authentic. Don't be afraid of being who God's created you to be. Don't be afraid of the strengths that you have. And don't be afraid of the weaknesses that you have. And learn to be authentic with people. Try to start doing that because you don't know where you are in that person's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, like I said, sometimes the seeds I have planted, and people have told me this, Sometimes the seed I planted was I got angry <laughs> and, and the way I responded <laughs> right. after that angry episode was the seed that was planted. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm, if I was too busy trying to act like I had it all together, I'd have never planted that seed in that person's life. Now that doesn't mean go out and purposely do something you shouldn't because you want to plant a seed, but, but understand that God is much bigger than we give him credit for. And, and he's designed you and created you. And so when you are being authentically you, you're being who he's created you to be. He's using you how he wants to use you. And so um, that would be my big takeaway and encouragement is don't be afraid of being authentic and being who you are. Yeah. I had this verse just pop into my mind, uh, you know, second Corinthians 12, nine, and it's um, your strength is made perfect in my weakness. And that is exactly Mm. what you just said there of like people, the seed was planted for people to know Jesus in your weakness because yep. they saw God show up. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's great. Yeah, you're right. All right, Justin. Well, where can people find you? Where can they connect? Where can they learn more about you? And any links that you do mention, we will have them in the show notes down below. 
yeah so um i'm on i'm on all the, the socials justin you can look up just justin tillman um if my coaching stuff which is kind of what i do a lot of is um it's balanced coaching and consulting and so uh I'll, i'm on instagram as the balanced life coach i'm on facebook as the balanced life coach and um, my website is balancedcc.com and um, that's where I, I, I park a lot of stuff got a blog up there i've got a podcast on how to live a more balanced life um so so yeah that's that's where i hang out on the awesome. interwebs and do you do you have a niche for your coaching like if someone's listening yeah to that, so it's around and... yeah it's around um like purpose core values and aligning those things so look kind of what we talked about today like who's god yeah. created you to be yeah and i found most of the time people's anxiety and, and frustration and lack of fulfillment in life is because they're not living into who God's created them to be. They're not taking the mm-hmm. time to find out what do I value and who am I created to be? And does my life line up with that? Yeah. Uh, and so I do a lot of work with mainly a lot of work with clients, whether they're just, you know, whether they're leaders or not, um, helping them start to live and lead out of who God's created them to be uh, and and found it. They awesome. oftentimes when they do that, live much more fulfilling lives. Yes, yes. Awesome, Justin. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, really appreciate all, all the wonderful uh, words that you had to share and, you know, where we're, where we're at in the harvest, we might not know. You're right. Well, Paige, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.